Just about 25 years ago, Parappa the Rapper was released for the original PlayStation. In Japan, it was almost an instant success, and for a brief moment in time, Parappa became the face of the PlayStation itself. Over in North America though, the success didn't come quite as easily. The game took time to find its footing, and Parappa hardly gained the same notoriety to North American audiences. So why exactly was that? The story of Parappa's development is an interesting snapshot in time, involving top-secret labs with names like Division Zero, floating T-Rex heads, and computers with their parts all strung out, like something out of a mad scientist movie. It was a time in which Sony of America was absolute in their vision of the future, almost not allowing us to tell Parappa's story. And it was, above all, a learning lesson for all involved, a story of give and take, along with a slogan we can all get behind. So, let's talk about it on today's believable trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 64th episode of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we take a look back at one title relevant to the current week in gaming history, and we talk about it. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world as its inspiration, and what it gave back to the world and its legacy. Today, we're keeping the music alive by talking about Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> Parappa the Rapper. Originally brought to the United States for the PlayStation on the 17th of November, 1997. I'm David Casson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who fancies himself quite the freestyle rapper, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, dazzle our audience with some freestyle bars. No, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good for the world, right? Yeah, it would just it would destroy their minds. They just couldn't handle it. Yeah, they just would never want to actually listen to the podcast. They would show up demanding freestyle rap from you all the time. Exactly. Yeah, just, I, I get can't it. do that. It's, it's about the integrity of the podcast, man. I, I got I to gotta keep it there. I know some things are just too good for this world. Right you are. So what you been playing this week? Well, this has uh, been a busy week. You yeah. know, Battlefield released, Halo Infinite got released, and then still playing Forza Horizon and RuneScape. It's been a lot, but it's been a fun time. How about yourself? Pretty much the same stuff, huh? Oh, you're playing RuneScape again? Congrats. I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, take RuneScape out and put in... Uh... What did I play? Probably played some Rocket League, didn't you? A little bit of Rocket League and Forza. Yeah, little bit didn't of, get any Rocket League in. A little bit of Diablo. A little bit of Halo. And I, there's something I... Oh, Avengers. I, I had a chance to play a little bit of the Avengers on Game Pass. Uh, and then I promptly deleted it because I just wasn't... I wasn't that impressed, so... Yeah, understandable. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Avengers, as interesting as they are. We are here to talk about uh, Parappa the Rapper. That we are, Dave. And to talk about Parappa the Rapper, we have to go all the way back to 1983. Ooh. So in a I know, right? It's before I was born. That doesn't happen very often on this podcast, does it? Because I was born at the beginning of time. Uh, yeah, right you are. <laughs> so in April of 1983, shortly after graduating from university, Masara Mats Masaya Matsura, <laughs> see I'm already getting the names right, met singer Shaka, and together they founded a band called Psy S. So Psy S was a Japanese progressive pop band. Their musical style was an experimental mixture of electronic synthesizers, uh, electric guitar riffs, and haunting, piercing vocals. It was music straight up out of the 80s. Rob, I sent it to you, didn't I? Is that a fair yeah. assessment? Straight out of the 80s? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it just fits right in. It's it's straight up 80s pop rock music. So, together, uh, as Sias, they produced a number of hits in the 80s and 90s. Um, but 
Matsura really hated appearing in his music videos. He he just he didn't he didn't want to be seen. He wanted to be heard. So as computer technology progressed during the 90s, he found himself creating computer-based music, which soon transitioned into interactive music. And in 1993, he became the first Japanese musician to release a CD-ROM, and his interest from there, his interest in interactive music and and the, and all this uh, interactive multimedia just kind of grew. And so to pursue this interest, he created a company called uh, Nana Ansha. Okay. Okay. So, so Nana Ansha is the Japanese word for seven sounds and the word company. In case you were wondering, it's not that weird. It sounds weird to us as English speakers, but it it's pretty recognizable in Japanese. On the other hand, we have a character named uh, Rodney Allen Greenblatt. There, that's a that's a that's a character, huh? That it is. So Rodney Allen Greenblatt was an American graphic artist, and he was pretty famous for his whimsical and engaging artwork. Um, as the East Village art scene kind of blew up and throughout the 1980s, Greenblatt was kind of at the center of this community. He too wanted to learn how he could take his art to the next level. And so again, as you know, personal computing technology developed in the 90s, he wanted to see how he could use it to be more artistic and, and, and do his art, you know, through digitally, you know, novel concept now, but it was really new back then. So he took his art style and he began worked. He began to work on basically CD-ROM edutainment titles, the first of which was called Rodney's Fun Screen. Now, Rodney's Fun Screen was a collection of five educational games that were based on his artwork that came out about 1992. And then using the same educational concept of using his artwork, uh, he also worked on a title later that year called Rodney's Wonder Window. And then in 1994, he took his knowledge and he worked on a game called Desiloids. Desiloids was a game that was created for the Pippin Atmark console. I'm sorry, the what, Dave? The Pippin Atmark console. What's that, Dave? <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I had for, completely forgot this existed until until I did until researching this. So it's okay. I'm, I'm not surprised. So Pippin was a partnership between Bandai and Apple to create a multimedia technology platform. And what had happened? What had happened was. Bandai went to Apple and they wanted to develop a new gaming system with them due to the ease of use, the perceived ease of use of Macintosh computers. Now, Apple already had an internal project called Pippin that was aimed at developing a low cost consumer computer architecture, which would be based on its Macintosh operating system. So when Bandai came to them and said, hey, we want you to develop a, a new gaming system based off Macintosh. They already had this internal Pippin project and decided that that's what they were going to use it for. So they they kind of came together, said, hey, we're all after the same thing. And they worked together to make this happen. As Apple put it when they announced it, the Pippin project was the first industry attempt to repackage modern personal computer hardware and software in a form that is acceptable and affordable to a technophobic consumer. Its design goals represented compromises between a mutually compelling set of requirements, performance, ease of use, system software footprint, time to market, TV-centric manufacturing costs, and so on. It is the first commercially deployed appliance to be optimized for the multimedia-rich home and school marketplace. So basically, they wanted to take a computer and turn it into a small-form multimedia box. Now, that's very common nowadays. I mean, we have those as sticks. We literally have a fire stick, which is that, you know, but we didn't have anything like that at the time. This is where essentially they wanted to make a a, a, a little console that was, you know, games, multimedia, so on and so forth. So. And they did. They released a few different consoles under the, the Pippin, uh, the, the Pippin brand name. The Atmark, the Pippin Atmark was in Japan. Here at in the United States, they released something called the At World, um, and hey, what they had hoped when they developed it was they were they were wanted to sell 
200,000 units in Japan and 300,000 units in the United States. Pretty, pretty moderate goals for a system. And so they developed this in March of 1996. March of 1996, they released it in Japan. And then in December of 96, they released it in the United States. It did not meet their goals in any way, shape, or form. And they wanted to sell 200,000 units in Japan. They ended up only selling 30,000. And they wanted to sell 300,000 units in the United States, and they only ended up selling 12,000. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Now that now this wasn't the this isn't the Apple like this isn't the Apple of now you know we we know Apple now Apple's one of the wealthiest companies um you know in in the world at this point but at the time this is pre iPod Apple was facing financial difficulty it was it was it was go, it was going under frankly and it was about this time in 97 that its co-founder Steve jobs, whose name is now synonymous with Apple because he brought it back from the brink and turned it into the company. It is today. Steve jobs came back uh, to, to, to take it out of this, you know, financial funk it was in. And one of the first things he did was he took a look at all the various projects that were going on within Apple. And he basically got rid of all the ones that were not doing them any you know, worth whatsoever. And the Pippin project is pretty much one that went with it. So, which, which was a problem because it left Bandai with all the excess inventory when they pulled out. uh, And Bandai is estimated to have lost $214 million in this little venture with Apple. And it's said to funny little side note, it's said too that uh, Bandai was going to go under um, but in 96, they released the Tamagotchi, which was, of course, a huge success. Everyone I know had a Tamagotchi, including me. And pretty much the Tamagotchi saved them from bankruptcy. Did not know that. Little fun fact. Hmm, they got cool. into the yeah, they got into the video game business and almost bankrupt them. And Virtual Pet had to save their ass. And those things are still around today. They are actually. Yeah. Yeah, they're a lot more fancy now. It weirds me out when I see them. So Dazzleoids, which was released on this Pippin at Mark, was basically a CD-ROM picture book that had narration and a musical introduction. And this artwork was more similar to the art style that you really know him for today, which is the art style Parappa the Rapper that we're talking about. But it was his work in Dazzleoids, you know, for this Japanese Pippin at Mark that led him to, that led to his discovery, basically, a Sony Computer Entertainment director reached out to him and suggested that he come work, uh, come work at Sony. So, at this time, back to Masaya Matsura, Masura and Nana Ansha were part of what was known as Division Zero. Before the release of the original PlayStation, Sony was basically trying to produce as many games as possible for their upcoming console. And we're talking original PlayStation, right? So this was Sony's fir- you know, first foray into video gaming. And to bolster the strength of it, they needed to release as many games as possible. That was the mentality back then. Your new console, got to have many games for it. So they had multiple divisions doing this. And one division worked on games in just about every popular genre imaginal- imaginable. And then there was what was called Division Zero. Division Zero, according to various accounts of people that worked within division zero were basically games teams that could just do whatever they were not popular genres it was more of an experimental development uh environment right so they could just they could do whatever now greenblatt recalls getting invited to what he likened as a top secret lab it was kind of like a movie he put it and here he saw the guts of a playstation blasting out 3D models onto a screen. And he recalls very specifically seeing a T-Rex's head floating around on a screen and was just taken aback by it because it was something that he had never seen on a computer or otherwise because the PlayStation came out when 3D modeling, you know, this was early 3D. We, we didn't really have 3D gaming, you know, before the N64 and this, which was a similar time period. So getting to see a 3D T-Rex on the screen was amazing to him. 
So by the time Greenblatt came in, there really was already a direction for the game. You know, Nana Ansha, this development team with Metsura, they were part of Division Zero, and they, they were kind of already working on this game. You know, according to Greenblatt, they already knew they wanted to do a music game when he showed up. Um, and, and that's what Matsura was working on. It was going to be originally like his original idea was that he wanted to make a rap music game where you could plug in different samples and play them to a rhythm, kind of like a DJ box. He he likened it to a sequencer for little kids. That was that was his original pitch. And so the two were introduced, Greenblatt and Matsura, and they talked about it. Greenblatt said that they wanted it to be about the characters. They wanted they wanted a main character who was going to go around to all these different teachers and they would teach them how to do a rap. And that was the basic concept. It was going to be like that game from the 80s, he said, Simon Says, with electronic lights. They were they were basically wanting to do that with the PlayStation. But the characters were going to be animated to the rhythm. And to him, that sounded like an amazing idea. And so what they did is they asked him to come up with some character sketches. You know, they, they already kind of had an idea of what they wanted because he had they had these he had produced the characters for Dazzleoids, and that was the idea they stuck in their in their head. And so what they did is they took the actual graphics from his Dazzleoid CD-ROM and they kind of made a, a little experiment of these guys moving around in the PlayStation environment. And that's how they pitched it. Um you know, they took about two weeks to make this and they were showing him this, the, his, his characters animated and, and he, he was sold. He was on, you know, um, by the time he got there was also already Parappa the rapper, you know, Parappa uh, is, is, uh, thin, you know, so it fits the theme of cutout paper. So Matsura already had had the rap idea and the cutout thing in his head. And, and so they kind of gave him this art style and they talked about what kind of teachers would be in which level and what the levels were like. Now, this process was going to be give and take. You, you know what I mean? Like, it, it couldn't be straightforward. Right. Uh, first, they needed a main character. Um, in a later interview, Matsura would recall that he had asked Greenblatt to make various, several variations of characters that could rap. In fact, one of the early sh- front runners was a shrimp that raps. Can you imagine? Oh. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine the shrimp that wraps? I mean, in that game, it would fit very well. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's very whimsical style. So um, the proposal for a dog design, what Parappa ended up being in the end, is really something that uh, just kind of came about as part of the process later on. They stumbled on it. It felt right. It sounded right. So that's where they went. So and then, of course, we have the teachers, you know, Greenblatt in an interview he recalled their discussion of Chop Chop Master Onion, you know. Um, so in the case of Chop Chop Master Onion, he was really just supposed to be a karate teacher. And so they came up with lots of designs of what a karate teacher might be. And one of those designs was an onion and they just loved the onion thing. So they changed the whole thing. So he was actually not a karate master, but an onion master. And it just felt right. It was hilarious and just worked out perfectly. So. Um, kind of the same thing with the driving instructor. Driving instructor Greenblatt said that he thought it would be hilarious if she was just a huge moose. Uh, you know, kind of mooses are just not known for any finesse. They're, they're just kind of all getting in there and running around breaking things. Um, and for whatever reason, that made him think of Queen Latifah. And so that's kind of where the, the personality and attitude and so on and so forth of, of, um, of the driving instructor who was a moose came from. And then, of course, they had to design Parappa's friends. Um, you know, so some of the friends and characters that they ended up with were characters that Greenblatt had already owned. Um, Sonny, Katie, and PJ, three of them, those were already pre-existing Greenblatt characters. And then they just kind of filled in the blanks as they went along. Now they had characters, they had story, they had artwork. What's left? Kind of the thing the game's hinged on, right? Um, yeah, I just can't put my finger on it, Dave. I know, right? Let's see. Let's make a musical rhythm game. We've got art. We've got story. We've got, gee, I don't know what we're missing. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Well, that's the expert. 
What are we missing, Dave? (laughs) So at that point, Mitsura and the team turned their attention to the music. Ah. I know, right? So initially, initially, all of the demo backtracks that were created were all samples of existing songs. But with the time and budget and whatever they were working with, they weren't able to get licensing for just about any of the samples. And so Matsura and his music team rewrote all of the songs into original into originals while keeping true to the tune of the song. And then, of course, you know, a little fun anecdote from it is Parappa's tagline, which if you never played it, it's I gotta believe. Um that, funny enough, was a go-to phrase for one of the members of the development team. And jokingly, he threw it out there that they should use the phrase in the game. And they did. You know, they they they, they did. They felt it was a great fit, and it just kind of stuck. Uh, so let the lesson show, kids. You should always speak up. You never know. You might just end up creating a catchphrase for a multimedia franchise. Another little funny thing is... That uh, development member was very proud of that. And there's interviews after the game released of him boasting that I got to believe was his thing. So. Which it was. He should get credit, right? Hell yeah, you should. I know. I mean, he 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 did. He did this. And so they made this game and they released it in Japan. And. um, And it sold a million copies in no time. Just blazed right through it no problem whatsoever however with that being said when the playstation came out in america the president of sony computer entertainment america scea he had a very staunch anti-2d game policy you see the playstation was a brand new thing and the hook to it was that it could push out these really pretty really pretty 3d models that the likes of which people really hadn't seen before. And so he only wanted to push its 3D capabilities. And so initially he was against releasing Parappa the Rapper. Um, and really, realistically, the only reason why it came stateside was because it was so successful in Japan. Um, in fact, it was so successful that uh, for a short while... Parappa was considered the mascot for the PlayStation over in Japan. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, it was such a big thing. He became the face. He became the face associated PlayStation. You know, he's all about energy. He's cool. He's got that cute dog face. Um, And that really got Greenblatt optimistic uh, for this whole Parappa, the rapper world and, and, and concept. Um, but Sony really wasn't having it. They weren't about it. That wasn't their plan. Probably because they were, were, you know, eventually Crash Bandicoot became the face of PlayStation. Greenblatt felt they really didn't know how to capitalize it. And really, it just fell to the wayside. And then when it came over to America too, the marketing focused on little kids. But the audience in Japan was made up mostly of teenagers and college kids. The game was realistically too hard for little kids. And I mean, it was popular in the United States, but... uh it wasn't as popular, and we're kind of lucky to have it at this point. Right. You you like Parappa the Rapper, don't you? Absolutely. You Do you know the story? You ever really like paid attention to the plot of Parappa the Rapper? I mean, I know I did when I had been playing it, but I haven't played it in so long I could not tell you what it is at this point. Yeah, I had to look it up too. So, uh, Parappa the Rapper, you're Parappa. You're a paper-thin rapping dog who's trying to win the heart of a flower girl, flower-like girl. Her name is Sunny Funny. And you're intimidated by the presence of Joe Chin, who's a rich narcissistic dog who goes overboard with his attempts to impress Sunny. To impress Sunny, Parappa learns to fight at a karate dojo and takes a driver's ed course to get his license. However... When he crashes his dad's car, he has to earn money at a flea market to pay for it. When Sonny's birthday comes up, Parappa has to get her a cake, but ends up ruining it after an encounter with Joe. He makes a new one by watching a cooking show and proceeds to eat a lot of it (laughs) on the birthday. And then when he spends some alone time with Sonny, he's suddenly overcome with the need to go to the bathroom and has to rap against his former teachers to get to the front of the queue. 
That's my favorite one. <laughs> then one night, Parappa is invited to Club Fun and asks Sunny to go with him, to which she agrees. Parappa then raps on stage with everyone, rapping solo at the end of the song and expresses his feelings for Sunny. So that's everything that happens in Parappa the Rapper. Sounds familiar. Does it, though? Yeah, I think so. Parappa the Rapper gameplay. What what do you remember about the gameplay of Parappa the Rapper? It was rhythm based. Yep. I believe it was four different directions you had to hit. Maybe it was more than that. But I remember that it was based on the rap. You had to just match up the timing with the the bar. <clears throat> and then you had like a ranking depending on how well you were doing. Yep. Yeah. I and... mean all all that's true. Yeah, beyond that, I don't really remember much else. All right. So, yeah, you got it right. Basically, the music plays and you have to press the buttons in time with the music on the screen. And that 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 when you press the buttons right, you rap in sequence with the with the music. You get a good score. Uh, It goes from what good to, you know, there's bad, there's awful, there's good and there's cool. And that's it. You keep that up the whole time until you get through songs. So, uh, do you remember the levels at all? I remember the dojo. Which is the first one. Chop, chop, master, onions, rap. Everybody knows this one because it's kick, punch. It's all in the mind. So that's, uh, that's, that's how it goes. So you remember, Matt, you, you, you remember, um, you remember master onion. Okay. Do you remember since we talked about the second one is uh, the driving instructor, Instructor Mussolini. Do you remember that one? I mean, I remember the car, but I can't think of what the instructor looked like at the moment. It's She's a giant moose. And uh, this is the one where she's like, all right, we're here just sitting in the car. And then, you know, all the things are the things that she's supposed to go like step on the gas, step on the gas. Do you remember? Do you remember that at all? Yeah, no, absolutely not. And and she's and, you know, it's the lyrics are so dumb. She's like, you know, when I say boom, 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 you say bam, bam, bam. It's so cheesy. I remember this, too, because it was like check and turn the signals to the right. It's like, oh, my God. Do you. okay? so. I played this again. They they released they they ported this, okay? And they re, they re-released it on the PlayStation 4. Had an opportunity to play again, which I was excited for. But I, one thing I remember when I was a kid that I had hoped was different is it doesn't feel right on. Like when you hit the button and you feel like you're in the groove and he raps, it doesn't quite feel like you're it just doesn't flow. If that like the makes, syncopation is off. Yeah, like it just doesn't go with the music. Like it's good and it's kind of there. And I, I wonder if I'm just really bad at the game. Um, I mean, I passed the levels, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's not that fluid. It's still a fun game. It aged well, I think. So the third level. Do you remember the third level? It had the Rasta Frog in it, the Prince Free Swallow. Yeah, it's kind of like a marketplace or something like that. Yeah, it's a flea market. Yeah. That's oh, ex- yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So. um, So yeah, you had to talk about the money. They talk about the money. Yep. 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 That's exactly it. Um, And then after you had the free swallow, you had the cooking show, which is cheap, cheap, the cooking chicken who is, you know, crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl m-i-x the flower in the bowl uh yeah the funny funny chicken and then what do we have after that that should be the battle to the bathroom (laughs) the battle to the bathroom where he has the freaking everything where instead of like instructor Mussolini going did you check the the signal to the right it changes to did you check the toilets to the right Uh, I didn't remember that. That's pretty good. And like, it doesn't like you, you go from kick, punch, chop to kick, punch and chop the door, you know, cause he's trying to get to the bathroom. So it, it's, um, and like Prince free swallow, 
like they talk about funky flow and selling things, but in the bathroom scene, it goes, I got the funky flow and now I really got to go. <laughs> I, like you just don't remember this until you relook at it again. That's great. Uh, so they did the all master rap and then they finish it up with his live rap where his, his, I got to believe rap, which is pretty much what it is. So. I gotta believe. I gotta redeem. Yeah, it's pretty silly. I mean, it's a funny, silly game. It it, it like they remastered it with with high, you know, higher resolution, everything for the PS4. So they have it. Um, it didn't change. Like I said, I expected the change to where it felt more fluid and everything, but it really didn't. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing, you know. Um, right. The song is the the music is still the music. The game is still the game. But um, yeah, Parappa the Rappa is a it's a whole lot of excuse me. It's a whole lot of oh damn. It's a whole lot of fun. So, but um, it was different when it came out, right? Right. It was definitely different. And just to see how different it was. Let's see what other people thought about it, Rob. So, as usual, I pulled some reviews for you, both critic and user, um, just to kind of get some insight into what other people thought about Parappa the Rapper. So, this is about the time that I pass it over to you, and you can share with our audience what some other people thought about the game. All right, Dave. Well, first up, we have GameSpot, who says that once in a while, a company takes a risk and designs something unlike anything seen before. In video gaming's early days, it happened with almost every other game released. By the 8-bit era, originality was something you look for but not expect with any great regularity. Today, unless you deem 3D versions of old games to be new, it's been some time since an original idea appeared. But even with a monthly average of 30 games being released, it's a testament to unique design that Parappa the Rapper an underpromoted release by Sony of Japan became a top seller in the Japanese market. While the gameplay is original, it's not going to win awards from fans of intense fighting and first-person racing games. The graphics and audio, however, just might. All of Parappa's characters are comically animated paper dolls moving against colorful 3D backdrops, a simplistic and charming visual design that never would have worked but for the game's theme and some brilliant camera motion. While you're playing, you can barely focus on the graphics while watching the top of the screen for appropriate joypad commands, and when watching other people play, you're entirely drawn to the continuous background movement. The music is clear, catchy, and funny, and the voice samples are memorable. Pre-rendered cutscenes provide continuity for the storyline between levels, and the opening is one of the weirdest in recent memory. Also of note, the rapping is surprisingly credible. There isn't a whack MC in the bunch, although even skilled Parappers will find their delivery occasionally stuttered. Parappa is undeniably cute and hip, the ideal PlayStation mascot in that he's so universally accessible and non-threatening. Many have purchased PlayStation solely on the basis of seeing Parappa, justifying their purchases as toys their families could enjoy. For the record, chicks dig Parappa too even if having a cute game means you can convince your otherwise game-loathing girlfriend to pick up a controller. It's all good. <laughs> mm. So I guess I wasn't the only one who felt that uh, occasionally the, the rapping is kind of stuttery, huh? No, I mean, you definitely listen to it, and it's they did a good job, but it's not going to be great. I mean, also consider that at least... I don't know the Japanese version, but trying to translate from Japanese to English is not exactly word for word. So what might have worked in Japanese wouldn't necessarily work in English. So they had to try and work around that. Yeah, I'm maybe. Guessing. Maybe. I don't know. I, I obviously have never tried translating rap or any kind of music from one language to another. So I don't know how well it does. So. Okie dokie. All right. Well, next up we have IGN who says that it isn't very often that a game like Parappa finds its way out of the great cookie cutter factories they call game development houses. 
For quite a while, Sony was unsure if it should release Parappa here, fearing U.S. gamers wouldn't find the game as amusing as they did in Japan. Whether it actually does catch on remains to be seen, but if I have anything to do with it, every PlayStation owner will soon be rapping along with Parappa. While the words may seem a little strange next to folks like the Wu-Tang Clan, remember the game was made in Japan. However, this just adds to the quirky nature of the game. The music is top-notch as well. Parappa's only real problem lies in the length of the game. It's way too short. However, once you've beaten it in good standing, you can ad-lib, or freestyle, in the levels. This adds to the replayability of the game. Plus, it's worth playing again just to hear the great music. Parappa isn't for everybody. It's very silly and odd, and somewhat childish. But if you're the kind of gamer that still watches cartoons, you may just fall under the spell of Parappa. I know I did. I gotta believe. If you're the kind of gamer that still watches cartoons, that's that's the criteria? I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. That's a weird one. Doesn't make much sense to me, but whatever. No, it definitely doesn't make any sense. But it seems like in general that the the critics were all kind of liking it. Right? Yeah, it seems so. Awesome. Well, I pulled a bunch of user reviews too. Let's see if regular average Joe gamers felt the same way about felt the same way about it. All right. Well, Satoshi Kunsai on Moby Games thinks that Parappa is hilarious, quirky, unique, and irresistible. They go on to say that they love Parappa the Rapper, one of my favorite PSX games ever. Parappa was one thing that's really hard to find in many modern games. A fresh concept. And on a system that really needed fresh concepts, too. It's such a simple concept. Even though it borrows from games like Simon and Touch Me, both very old music games dating back to the 70s, it still works very well. What? They said yeah, si- Simon's a, a, t- a music game dating back to the 70s? I mean, it's beep, 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 but I guess it was, I don't know, I guess I followed music more than the beep, beep, beeps of Simon, so. I don't think, oh, I guess I have no idea. Oh. I don't know. Anywho, they continue on saying that seeing as this is a game about music and a budding rapper, how's the music? One word. Awesome. The songs are excellent, the music is catchy, and makes you want to dance to the beat. And the lyrics will stick to your tongue for days. Hell, you might even catch yourself singing the toilet rap, stage 5, while in line to use the bathroom in a public place. In-game sound effects are rather minimal, as most sounds are blended into the music, but where there is very well-fitting. But what's there is very well-fitting. Parappa is just plain out fun and addicting. It's a great game for girlfriends who hate video games, little kids, and generally any music lover. And I honestly feel Parappa should be Sony's mascot, not Crash Bandicoot. He's got the attitude, determination, and true heroic heart to make his way through hardships. And he's hell of a rapper to boot. Overall, I really recommend this game. It's a bit hard to find didn't sell too well in the u.s but if you do find it grab it immediately you just gotta believe that you do that you do dave just gotta believe we sure will and we also gotta believe that next up we're gonna hear from ash ketchum on metacritic who says that parappa never takes itself seriously allowing it to be one of the more unique games in terms of visual design and story it's a fun game especially once you start to understand the rhythm of the game, which is different from what appears on screen. The soundtrack is great, and the lyrics are also well-written to match the beats and the game itself. Parappa is extremely short, though, and lacks any replay value. It feels more like a demo than a full game. Also, as aforementioned, the rhythm of the music doesn't sink into the rhythm shown on screen, which is confusing at first, making the first mission seem harder than it should be. Still, for what it's worth, it is a great experience. So maybe that's what, that's that's what got you too, Dave. Maybe you're just trying to match it to the music, and it doesn't. I mean, it really doesn't match it to the music. No, I mean it doesn't sync very well. Hmm. 
Well, Ash Ketchum on Metacritic sure seems to agree with you there. Yeah, well, I'm not the only one. Nope. Next up, Sophie on Metacritic says that eek, it's so wrong. Slurp it. Suck it. I know you all like it. Long and chewy. Occasionally gooey. Yeah, your little slippery thing tastes so good all this time. With lyrics like that, I gotta say I'm speechless. Yeah, definitely speechless. <laughs> uh, last up, Mark D on Metacritic says that this is the most overrated game ever. The gameplay is so simplistic, it's barely a game. And the only funny thing about it is the fact so many people believe the hype. Sure, it was original, but that doesn't mean that it's good. It was good, though. People people really liked it. A lot of people oh, yeah. liked it. Absolutely. I found I found it to be very enjoyable. I mean, it did have two follow up titles. Do you remember um, Jammer Labby at all? Uh, I mean, I remember Prap of the Rapper 2, but I don't remember eh, whatever the hell you just said. So Um Lammer, Um Lammer Jammy was the was a spinoff and Um Lammer Jammy was a what was Um Lammer Jammy? I can't remember for the life of me now what Um Lammer Jammy was, but it, it's a it's it's not rock, but rap based or i'm sorry not rap but rock based um she is a sheep is what she was she was a female sheep that played guitar um and 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 basically she's the lead guitarist for a band called milk can and right the the night before a concert she has a dream in which she performs alongside uh chop chop master onion and wakes up late and has to go through this series of events uh, in order to to reach her concert on time. She actually is Prap of the Rapper too, but she also had her own spinoff game, literally called Um Jammer Lammy. So did not know about that one. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And then you're right; they did have Prap of the Rapper too. So you know, we talk about the legacy of games and Prap of the Rapper. You know, it it, it laid the groundwork for just about every single musical rhythm game we have today it's considered to be the first true musical rhythm game ever and because of its success we likely were able to get the rest of the musical rhythm you know games of the world the guitar freaks and guitar heroes and rock bands and um and 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 all that stuff uh yeah so it's really popular also rob did you know that there was a tv show they released a parappa the rapper anime I had no idea. I I know, right? So alongside Parappa the Rapper 2 in Japan, they released a Parappa the Rapper anime. It aired between April of 2001 and January of 2002. And there are 30 episodes of this anime. I wonder if we can watch it. I was going to say time time for you to go find that somewhere. And then, of course, I already alluded to the fact they ported this game. You know, originally they had ported it over to the PlayStation Portable, the PSP, for their 10th anniversary. Um, now, it came out in November of 1997 in the United States, but it came out in 2006 for Japan. And so in 2006, for the 10th anniversary, they ported it over to the PSP. Um, when they did so, they added multiplayer, and they also added the ability to download and play through remixed versions of all of these songs and then 10 years later in 2016 um they released it they they upscaled that port so they basically took the psp port they upscaled it to 4k and they brought it over to the playstation 4 it came out um in 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 the fall of 96 for the 20th anniversary they released the demo uh, to correspond with the 20th anniversary, but the actual game came out in like January of 2017. And it's basically the same thing. It's the PSP version with all the remix songs and the multiplayer just upscaled to 4k. Um, and I actually downloaded that demo to kind of go back through the game and replay it, which is you can, you can actually go on the PlayStation network and download the demo and play the first, the, uh, um, uh, master onion, master chop, chop, master onion level of this so that's that's what i did to kind of brush myself up on uh to brush myself up and so that was 2016 and now here we are it's gonna turn 25 years old next month rob wow and we're talking about it that we are so quite a lot lives on quite a legacy 
quite a legacy. I honestly remember when this came out because we've talked, we talked, you know, we talked about it last week with Guitar Hero. I've always liked, we, we've been musicians, you know, you and I have played instruments since we were kids. Um, and so I, I'd say we're musically inclined. And uh, I just gravitated towards every music game I could, this being the first one. Yeah, we have this. This is probably somewhere in your house. Um, and um, and this is great. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I thought this was great. I just remember, I just distinctly remembered it not being as like spot on as I want it. Like, you just you you know when you're rapping on the beat and when you're flowing right and i just never really felt it with this game and that didn't really change for me personally but that's just me you know yeah definitely could be different for someone else trying it i don't know i don't know uh we'll have to see right you are well you know i with that i do have to say that Having played this, it is a great game. Definitely something you have to give a try, especially if you're into rhythm games. So give it a try, and then we would love to hear what you think about it if you've never tried it before. And Dave, why don't you tell them where they can do that? Rob, they can do so on our website at www.memorycardlane.com or I post links uh, to all my research so you can find show notes. This week I also included links to... um, a music video from Cyus. If you want to see what they're all about, uh, there's a link to the Parappa the Rapper wiki that has all the music. If you want to hear the music and judge for yourself whether I'm crazy and everything's off or on the beat, you can listen to all the raps there. Um, so there's a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff on this week's this week's post. I also have a calendar of upcoming episodes with submission buttons. So if you want to submit your own anecdotes about any of our episodes, you can do so. There's a link to our discord. If you want to join our community and come play games with us, talk to us or just scream at me or just scream into the void. We have a channel for that too. It's called the void. Um, yeah. So there's a whole lot of stuff that you can come and do. Also, there's our social media links to our social media. I can be found on a Twitch channel. I really don't stream enough on and um and twitter at david is wrong and rob you have a twitch channel too want to give me that uh channel name for love lovers hey lovers (laughs) for our listeners that uh that link is twitch.tv forward slash f-a-t-b-o-i-r-i-p-z yeah so we have that available for you all too no big deal nbd so but yeah And this is about the time. This is about the time in which we start to wrap up our episode. Um, As we talk about at the top every week, we try to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world as its inspiration or what it gave back to the world as its legacy. And as part of that conversation, we like to revisit our biggest takeaways, what we personally learned about the game for today so rob what did you learn what's your biggest takeaway from parappa the rappa well it's kind of awesome to to know that the entire game kind of stemmed from the green blat seeing a t-rex's head that just this entire game kind of was just like a t-rex head whoa rapping dog Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you can you imagine like he just gets he gets whisked whisked away into this top secret lab, and there's this there's this. It's not even a PlayStation. It's probably just like a computer components like spread across a desk, right? And on a screen next to it, there's a floating T Rex head. And then someone introduces him to this kooky Japanese guy who's like, "Yo, I want to make this music about a rapping dog with cutout characters called Parappa the Rapper." And dude's like, "All right, I'm in." I mean. <laughs> that's really what happened you know yeah no it's it's crazy dude gets i mean just hey come come see our top secret lab come 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 design me some cutout characters okay cool i'm in what about you what'd you learn what did i learn i never knew that the creator of this uh game was a pop music icon essentially 
uh, I don't know about icon, but basically was in a successful pop music band for a decade. They, they put out like 10 albums and three best of albums over like their 10, 13 or 16 years of, of existence. So it's not like they were like a one hit wonder. Like they, they, they were a legitimate band that none of us have ever really heard of. And then this man was just like, all right, well, I'm done. You know, he gave it up in 96, a few years after starting an Ansha. And he's like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do music anymore. No music, no video games, you know? So. Yeah, that is actually pretty cool to, to know. I mean, I, I would not have known that myself either. Yeah, no, I, I had I had zero clue. I'd, I'd never heard that part of the story before. So that was that was new for me. So so that's that's what we learned. And like like Rob said, uh, play it. You can go on the PlayStation Network if you have a PS4 and at least play the first level to see if it's a game for you. It's a really kooky story, though. I mean, it's a kooky story. It's a lot of fun. It's not a long video game. If it ever, you know, it's 15 bucks normally. Buy it at 15 bucks. If it goes on sale, it's even more worth it. Uh, it's fun. I don't like I said, we we had it. We had it for the PlayStation. We had the original and it's a lot of fun. So. Yeah, Rob, what else do you have? As always, just want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone for listening means the world to us and we hope you continue to enjoy what we do very true very true on that note rob i think i'm going to take it out of here so next week we're diving into what is the best-selling super nintendo title of all time um it's a title that's often cited as one of the best games in its franchise um sometimes it's even up there in the list of best video games ever made So, released to the world in November of 1990, Super Mario World is a technical showcase uh, that shows off some of the best that the Super Nintendo Entertainment System initially had to offer. Um, We're going to be looking at the game. We're going to take a look at its development. Uh, We're going to take a look at the creation of Yoshi, uh, some of its power-ups. I found an early... Uh, build of the game from 1989 a year before it came out out of a japanese magazine it is drastically different than the mario world we know so we're going to have some fun comparing where it was in the beginning versus where it came to um just a whole lot of fun stuff Uh, i i happen to be very fond of this game nostalgically it's probably my favorite mario out of all of them so i will have no issue giving you my opinion on super mario world uh rob you a fan i definitely did enjoy it although i sure i have nowhere near as much experience in this one as you well no that's all right it's on the um it's on the switch online if you haven't played it in a while listeners too if you haven't played a while you want to brush up on it uh you want to brush up on it it's on the it's one of the the games you get with nintendo online so pop that switch in and go play it So, yeah, we're going to take a look at all that fun stuff. So join us again next week as we take a cape flying dinosaur riding trip down memory card lane. Do the thing.